The Trader Cobb Crypto Show, talking business in blockchain. G'day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Trader Cobb Crypto Show. Today, I've got Darren Frankel of Consensus. Thank you so much for being on the show, mate. Thanks for having me. No problem. Look, I've got a terrible introduction of you, so why don't you do your own? Sure. Uh, so Darren Frankel, uh, part of Consensus, uh, working specifically in the capital markets and fintech space and based out of Singapore. Capital markets and fintech. Well, this is an area that I speak of a lot in my shows. I speak with a lot of exchanges and um, often I can be a little bit critical of what we are lacking uh, within this space, primarily for traders. Mm-hmm. Um, what projects are you working on at the moment in the exchange sort of space and uh, fintech technology that might actually make my role as a trader a bit easier? Sure. Um, so I will say, first and foremost, making your life easier as a trader, not, not necessarily- Not a priority. Well, <laughs> so, so believe it or not, um, some people work on the user-friendliness aspect. We're working more on the regulatory compliance and kind of infrastructure level. Um, so maybe it, it might help a little bit to step back and look at kind of how the Singapore ecosystem is. Let's do that. And I think that'll help understand a little bit more about what I'm working on. Um, so Singapore actually has one of the most vibrant uh, blockchain, and, and of course I work with, with Ethereum primarily, has one of the, the biggest um, Ethereum meetups and communities mm. in the world. I think I looked recently and had 7,500 members, um, which, I don't know how that compares anymore, but when I came to Singapore, let's call it uh, six months ago, give or take, you know, it was around 3,000. So it's it's definitely been growing and getting a lot more attention. And I don't think that's surprising given the, the interest of the industry, but a lot of how Singapore has has developed into such a strong blockchain hub is, is really uh, under the guise of the Monetary Authority of Singapore, the MAS. Um, and actually part of the reason that I moved to Singapore was uh, the work we were doing with them and the environment that they were creating. And so um, the MAS is basically creating a hub for technology innovation and, and fintech uh, specifically. And so um, not only do they have a very favorable kind of regime for helping to kickstart some of these projects, but they're also building some of them themselves. And yeah. so our first debut in Sing- our first big debut in Singapore as consensus was actually, uh, working with the MAS on uh, Project Ubin Phase 2, um, which is essentially a project looking at uh, tokenizing uh, fiat currency, tokenizing the Singapore dollar on a distributed ledger or blockchain. Um, and so that is kind of the core of a lot of the applications that are being built in the enterprise or institutional space in Singapore, which leads me to what I'm working on. And so if you have this really great regulatory environment, if you have a regulator uh, slash central bank, because what's great about the MAS as well is they're both. So you, yes. know, you talk to one face for everything. Yep. Um, we are basically looking to build on top of that system because you know one of the things that's amazing about blockchain, what we're looking to do with it is not just create a digital dollar, but create programmable money. And so interacting yeah, with okay. programmable money and, and yeah. applying rules to it and putting it through these different integrated systems one of which being exchanges. Um, and so in the exchanges space, of course, you have very big, popular, uh, centralized exchanges, which most yeah. people know today. You've got yep. your Binance's, your Coinbase's. Um, 
very, very successful companies. And, and to your point, like user experience, pretty good on these platforms. They are. They are for picking up and buying. They're a great investment mm-hmm. platform. They're not so good at the trading platform. Really? Absolutely not. No, there's none out there that are that good, really, um, giving us an opportunity, which we are exploring. I'm really interested in Singapore now that you've brought this up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that Consensus has... Uh, it's like an octopus that has a lot more arms that keeps sprouting out. It's this wonderful beast that continues like that. to grow. Uh, and octopus are very smart. Octopi, or I'm not quite sure if I got that right. But, um, I mean, you work with governments. Uh, yeah. This whole idea of a fiat currency uh, crypto. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Singapore is very open and very forward and uh, you know, embracing blockchain and crypto to a certain extent, mm-hmm. more so than many other countries in the world. Mm-hmm. What's been their appetite for getting into this space? I mean, things slowly progress, and I truly believe that this space has grabbed a lot of different sectors mm-hmm. and governments and dragged them in, mm-hmm. as opposed to us, the people, being dragged into something. We have dragged these governments and these big organisations into it. How is Singapore positioning themselves as a global leader? Is that what they're trying to do, or are they just purely trying to help their people to grow and uh, have a better option? So that's a good question. And it's I, deep, I'm sorry. Yeah. So <laughs> that's, that's a deep question. So I, I, I would love to say both. Um, I, think, I think if I look at the role of any regulator, um, you know, they really have three, have three core tenants. Uh, create fair and efficient markets, protect investors, and grow the economic pie. Yeah. Um, and so if I were to say that those same three apply to the MAS. Um, they see, you know, at least some way of protecting investors or um, creating more fair and efficient markets. But they must see it as a way to grow the overall economic economic pie for Singapore or more broadly. And so I think that it's less about you know showing the world that they're a leader in the space as much as we actually see value here and we're going to go capture that value. And and of course they want that to trickle down to. The Singapore economy, the Singapore people as well, and so I think, I think if I had to make a, a somewhat high, you know, initial uh, assessment of kind of their 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 motives based on that understanding of kind of the role of regulators, yeah. they'd say that that's probably where it's going. So, of all the countries that uh, you've been to research, obviously you're in the space, you're doing a lot there. You're in the middle of consensus, which is working and uh, spreading its wings far and wide. Tentacles. Tentacles. Yeah. My mistake. My <laughs> mistake. Um, would you say Singapore is probably the most proactive out there right now? As far as uh, I mean, when I say proactive, I mean we're not talking about Venezuela here. We're yeah. talking about Singapore, who is a well-governed, trusted, regulated country mm-hmm. that has grabbed the bull by the horns. Do you see them as really being the leader or is there someone else out there that's sort of pushing you along? I mean, look, Singapore are not, maybe not trying to be a global leader. It just so happens that if they see opportunity and they go after it, well, that will probably be the end result that they will be the leading force because they are a trusted nation. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with that completely. Singapore is very much a trusted nation. They're, they're, I mean, Singapore is also very cautious and I've... I've you know, been working with the regulators, um, been working with the MAS and their their fintech teams, and and understanding a little bit more about how they work. And, and they don't they want to make sure that what they do is real. They don't want to be working on things that can come off looking like we're just trying to get a press release out there yeah, and yeah. sound good. Like they yeah. they want to build some real. They genuinely got some skin in the game. They yeah. want this to happen, right? 
And while they don't have the same sort of economic force that like the the U.S. does, and I'm from the U.S. and yeah. obviously there's a big crypto industry yes, in the U.S. And, and in Europe. Um, you know, Singapore is. I think you know you can drive across it in a day. It's like forty. I want to say forty miles. Uh, Short and punchy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's it's. But for for a country of that size, having the impact and and having the reputation that that Singapore has as well globally. I mean, it's kind of what I've wanted to do with ourselves as well, at least in the Singapore team is, you know, we don't want to be the biggest or the flashiest, but we want to be really high performance and something that people want to be a part of, people want to work with, respect. Um, And so I guess going back to your, your initial question about, you know, what is, you know, they are definitely emerging as a leader, but I don't think that's out of a desire to be a leader as much as it is a desire to, to produce something that's that's real. Yeah, understood completely. All right, excellent. So within what you're doing there at the space, is there anything in particular that's really sort of got your attention that's really exciting? I know we've spent most of the time talking about Singapore and the regulation going on, yeah. but what's exciting in your sphere of work right now at Consensus? Yeah, so... so you know, I've, I've been in this industry, and when I say this industry, I don't want to make it seem like I've been in the blockchain space for a long time, because relatively speaking, I have not. Yeah. Um, but as far as the enterprise blockchain space, I'd like to think that I was there in the early days. So I, I got into blockchain at the end of 2015, early 2016, while I was with Deloitte in the US. And so I've kind of seen the evolution. So I remember the Economist article saying, you know, the trust machine, how the technology behind Bitcoin is doing, da da da, and and that was kind of a big milestone for the enterprise blockchain space, and that's when a lot of the consulting firms and a lot of the big uh, technology providers started to take notice, and and so I've I've seen a lot of the enterprise space specifically evolve, um, and I've worked in supply chain, I've worked in government, I've worked in uh, health, you know, uh, as a, as a consultant, of course. Um, mostly in the advisory capacity, um, so helping people figure out how the, the technology yeah. applies to them. Apply, yeah. yeah. Um, but for me, it's, it's always come back to that the financial services industry is really the cornerstone of uh, of enterpri- enterprise blockchain, and that's not to discredit anyone else. But I've started using the analogy that you know the the U.S. space program, the NASA program, was kickstarted by um, the U.S. military wanting to, to basically expand into space, develop space capabilities, and, and look at all the great things that that we have today. I mean, I whip out my phone when I'm trying to get anywhere in, on the streets in, in Sydney, and I'm directed. And that's all because the U.S. You, you, the, the best thing, let's be honest here, is aluminium foil. Yeah. <laughs> if we want to cut to this. The best thing about the space program is the fact that we can pull out a bit of aluminium foil, put it over our food, and it's good for a couple of days. Let's be it's honest. Wonderful. Let's, the internet, eh, yeah. you know. So, and, and that's exactly. But so, so the way I look at this is a lot of these other use cases are very, very interesting. But while they're interesting, they still require this infrastructure to be built. Um, just like you know, to use to use the foil, you need someone else to develop it. Correct. So, so I, I look at it and say the financial services industry, especially the enterprise, institutional, and government spaces, will develop this technology to the point where it opens the door to using blockchain and blockchain-based systems for other use cases, especially when we're looking at public blockchains. Well, there's certainly an awful lot going on within this space. And one of the things I think has really been good this year, being 2018, 
has been the subsequent sideways movement to, or downward to sideways movement. We have been consolidating for quite some time on the Bitcoin in most of the top 10. And uh, I know that a lot of the hodlers and people out there that uh, want to get rich quick are all sitting there going, whoa, 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 I wish it would go up. But the bottom line yeah. is, is that a lot of these projects are now getting time to build as opposed to being sucked in and having to do a certain number of things to keep their investors happy. We're seeing a lot more development going on in the space right now. And consensus is certainly at the forefront of that development, moving into new emerging, I guess, pockets of what the blockchain can actually do. And uh, it must be an amazing team to be a part of, Darren. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, here in, in, in Sydney at, at, at Cybos, we have some of, you know, the, my, my colleagues who I, I respect, respect a great deal and, and, and look forward to working with in the future when, when the platform that I'm working on matures more. Um, but it is very exciting and it's, it's a shame, you know, if you look at how the industry has evolved, um, a lot of funding has, has come in and a lot of great teams have gotten a lot of funding, but a lot of great teams who, I mean, you've got technologists dabbling in the capital raising side yeah. of the business. And when the market took a turn for, for the worse, some of these teams might have gotten hammered pretty badly. And well, treasury management is probably one of the lessons I think many people yes, have learned this year. Yes, treasury <laughs> management is certainly important, um, but it's not at the forefront of, on the mind of a technology. No, no. And, and so um, while I think that uh, the influx of funding has been great and the downturn has been painful, you're absolutely right. Um, I think it's, it's brought about a resurgence of, of people focusing more on, on building as opposed to uh, you know, uh, nothing against marketers, but marketing their products and raising capital because you know, in a in a time when everyone is getting hammered, no one wants to hear about your new token that's launching. And we've had our own setbacks. Most recently, we had our uh, our civil token raise. Um, civil is a consensus product doing uh, a a journalism platform, a sustainable journalism platform. And unfortunately, due to the market conditions. Um, they actually weren't able to hit their goal, and so you know maybe they'll they'll try it again in the future. But they decided to um, to, to basically roll back yeah. for the time being. And so responsible. While, That's I mean, yeah. this this sounds like a responsible business. Believe it or not, in the blockchain space, there needs to be more of these business-minded people coming up with good ideas. Because the issue I saw last year in that ICO madness and at the start of this year was that um, I kind of liken it to you know, a, a year 12 student or a college student doing a project. They've got to come up with a fancy bit of marketing, so they do a little video online with some stick figures and pictures. They've got to come up with an English portion of that, which is called a white paper, right? Mm -hmm. And they've got to come up with a face, which is the homepage and a website. Now, we were seeing companies which... I dare struggle to call them companies. Yeah. We were seeing people come into this space with an idea. And while this market was young, cashed up, immature, irrational, and very, very lacking in education, mm -hmm. they were taking 10, 15, 20, 30 million dollar raises with little to no idea, product execution, or knowledge of what to do with that money in the first place. And I watched that with my jaw on the floor. And mm -hmm. I'm really happy to see today there are still companies out there doing raises, and mm. so there should be. Yeah. Uh, but it's a good project that is going to be under a great deal of scrutiny from people in VC, people in you know, proper technology companies that actually understand what it takes. Um, and no, no offense to any of the watchers or listeners, but you know, dumb money was easy to take in a bull run. Yeah. We're now seeing good projects come about, having to be much more strict with great teams 
to make this work. So yep. we are seeing the space evolve enormously. Darren Franco from Consensus, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. I wish you all the best, and whenever this said project is ready to go, make sure you reach out, get in touch, and we'll, we'll have a chat and see how it goes in. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for your time. Speak to you again soon. Bye for now. The Trader Cobb Crypto Podcast is hosted by Craig Cobb. All Trader Cobb courses, products, and tools can be found at tradercobb.com because experience matters. Mm-hmm.